Welcome, everyone, to another episode of What They Aren't Telling You with Melissa Floyd. And today we're going to go into a discussion about business owners and lockdown policy about these overreaching mandates and closures that are basically affecting people's livelihood. You know, we were originally told this was two weeks to flatten the curve. And now we're going on six months of this entire thing and how it's affecting people is people are pushing back. They are no longer going to sit and be told they can't work because they cannot provide for their families otherwise. And we're seeing this kind of all over the country. So today I'm going to speak with one gentleman who has pushed back in his area and was really fighting to keep his business open. He's a gym owner. He has a gym both in Phoenix and Scottsdale, Arizona. And today I'm talking with Jeff Mahaffey. So welcome to the show. Hi, Melissa. Thank you for having me. So, all right, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, Somebody had originally sent me your video and Mm -hmm. said it was a video, I think, with a senator or assembly member that was there in front of, I don't remember exactly who it was, a a politician, a legislator, some type of legislator. And they were like, you know, you should really cover this. And like I said, we've seen kind of a handful of incidents around the country. There was the hair salon owner in Texas. Right. There um, there have been church pastors who have defied Mm -hmm. the orders. We're seeing um, different people push back and we're seeing a lot of businesses secretly doing this secretly staying open because of the lockdowns. Now, I'm in California. Our Mm -hmm. lockdown policy started sooner than anybody else and has been stricter almost than anybody else outside of New York. Our governor is ridiculous, in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. um, I visited Arizona during the early part of the lockdown because I was just so glad to be somewhere where it felt like normal again. And then um, shortly after we came back is kind of when it ramped up. And we've seen just scattered all over policy. This policy has just been very inconsistent, like amongst states, the timing. Now we've got mask mandates. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. they just keep pushing. They keep taking away and they keep forcing people. And it's just, you know, it's wearing on me. So let's go back to the beginning. So when originally in March, we're talking about two weeks to flatten the curve, like I said, Mm -hmm. what did you think at that time? So in March at that time, uh, the two weeks, we honestly heard what Governor Ducey had to say, um, did a little research ourselves as far as how bad it was in our area, things of that nature. And to be honest, during the two weeks, it was only my Phoenix location that was open, our Scottsdale location, we were still building at the time. And we stayed open. We uh, we brought in all of our personal trainers, which were a, a private training gym. So we're not open to the public. We literally deal with just, we kind of operate like a beauty salon. Our personal trainers rent the space from us. We just provide the facility. They run their own business. So we asked them all what they wanted to do. They all felt comfortable with staying open. They consulted with their clientele, their athletes, everything along those lines. And we decided to stay open. At that time in March, I just don't think it was really necessary at that time to just shut everything down for two weeks. Yeah, because for those who don't know, like in Arizona, you really weren't experiencing much of this at all at that time. No, no. So you guys were like two, three months later, kind of compared right. to where California was. Okay, so not as a business owner, but just as a person. When mm-hmm. we had this whole government policy, national policy of two weeks to flatten the curve, were you kind of on board with this? Did you think like, oh, you know, this kind of makes sense, and then we'll get back to normal after two weeks and things will go back? Or was there a part of you that started to wonder if they were just going to go further with it? To be honest, I was pretty skeptical from the beginning. (laughs) 
I'm very straightforward about everything. I don't kind of beat around the bush with things. And to me, this all from the beginning, I've thought that this has never been about the people. I've, I've a hundred percent thought that this has been political from day one. Not that the virus does not exist. I do not deny that. Yes, there is some sort of virus flu that is causing, you know, health problems for, for some people. But I think that this thing's been purely political from the beginning, to be honest. Yeah, and I had that same feeling. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I started this sidecast from our original Mm -hmm. podcast was to talk about social and political things. Because when we started talking about COVID, I mean, I'd done my research starting in January. So I was looking at countries in Asia, and I was looking at how this was happening. And it just didn't seem to match up to the fear I was starting to see. So I was one of the few also that was kind of like, I, I disagree with what's going on. I mean, I don't think this is going to be an apocalypse. And it was like, there seemed to be a portion of the population that really wanted there to be like, they wanted this to be some big thing. And it was like, if you were to tell them it was, no, we don't need to worry so much. Then now you're just an awful human being who's just ignoring what's going on. Right. Exactly. The response I always get is you don't care about other people's lives, obviously. Right. And it's like, that's just not true whatsoever. But <laughs> I appreciate your opinion. Right. And then after that first two weeks, as they extended it and time goes by, then this idea of people going, OK, we need to get back to business. We have to be able to open right. our businesses. At that point, when people started doing reopen rallies here in California, again, you guys were still relatively normal but we were doing reopen rallies. People were absolutely criticizing us. You value the economy or money over lives, right? That yeah. became the narrative. But people were saying, how do you think I'm going to feed my children? Those are lives. Yeah. And not to mention at that time, it's not like there was a death rate that was even considerable to be even in California to be just shutting down businesses, uh, you know, left and right. And then it became this game of what governor can do it more strictly. Like, this guy's going to do this. Now I'm going to up you by doing this. And all of a sudden, Washington, Oregon starts playing the game on the West Mm -hmm. Coast here. And, okay, so Arizona kind of got exposure, more cases much later. Mm -hmm. But explain to me kind of how you see the change from March, April, May. What did you notice differently with both how the governor approached everything and the policies that were happening and, like, the public's view of this in Arizona? Yeah, so we had the two weeks in March, you know, ultimately, uh, again, like I said, I didn't think it was a big deal. We decided to stay open, but then Governor Ducey hit us with the stay-at-home order. Now, with that, my wife and I, who's, you know, obviously my business partner, we talked and ultimately we decided with the stay-at-home order, we kind of knew it was coming. With that, we would go ahead and close due to the fact that at the time, we didn't want to bring negative press to our business for, you know, just completely disregarding what the governor said. It's it's never been about, you know, screw the government or I'm not doing what the government tells me. Sure. Um, you know, I was willing to play ball at that time as everything across the board was pretty much shut down. And this was April or May or when was this? This was April. Okay. No, this was April. So I can kind of get on board with if you're going to shut something down, it's got to be everything. And so we did. We shut down all of April. Now, I was right in the midst of opening my Scottsdale location. But the biggest thing is, is during these shutdowns, my landlords are sending me weekly notices. Hey, don't forget to pay your rent. Don't forget your rent is still due. Don't forget your lease is due. You know, electricity, all the bills are still coming in. Right. 
while we're completely shut down. So, so your income source is completely stopped at that point because yep, it's not 100%. like some people might say, oh, gyms stay open. They have these monthly dues and they probably are right. still getting them. But but we're not a monthly membership gym. Right. <laughs> and and even you see like 24 Hour Fitness filing bankruptcy because they still rely on new sales contracts to stay afloat. And so it's not just monthly dues anyway. But in your situation, there are no monthly dues. So if people don't show up. Nobody's paying. Nobody's paying. There's no money. Right. And obviously I'm not going to, you know, we had trainers even offer to still pay their rent just because they knew that the bills weren't stopping. Obviously we would never do that because right. it's like, you know, Ford saying, Hey, pay your truck payment, but we're not going to let you drive your truck. Right. It doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense. So, so as you know, the numbers still didn't seem to be that crazy to me. I've been watching this the whole time, obviously during this, the early, the early months testing, you know, obviously wasn't even being really done for the most part. Mm -hmm. Kits were, you know, the testing kits couldn't even be found or sourced for most states at a fast enough rate to get people tested, things of that nature. And again, to me, I'm watching this going, man, this really is just kind of a circus. And, you know, it seems like we just keep pulling rabbits out of hats with new rules and mandates and things of that nature to where, you know, now I can't be out past 8 p.m. And, right. and, you know, just crazy stuff. So and it's arbitrary. It's like so random. Extremely. And it's become even more arbitrary as the months have gone on. Yes. And so come May, we again consulted with our trainers. We looked at the data that had been put out on gyms as far as contraction of uh, COVID spread anything along those lines that would basically tell us, Hey, here's some data that says gyms, you know, equal bad, mm. you know, and you're looking at medical literature here. A hundred percent. And so we even have quite a few medical professionals, doctors, uh, COVID ER nurses, and, and I mean, all kinds of medical professionals that come to our facilities and they were telling us, please open your doors. You know, we want people in gyms, boosting their immune system, keeping themselves healthy, right. doing things because people who go to the gym tend to have better nutrition, right. they have better water intake, which is, you know, hydration is absolutely key and they tend to live a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So all of this, you know, helps prevent getting sick, contracting a virus, things of that nature. So we went ahead and we opened, we opened my Phoenix location back up May 1st. And we opened our Scottsdale location back up May 4th, or originally opened it up May 4th for the first time. And another big reason was that April month we shut down, we paid out roughly about $50,000 in um, bills. Wow. So, you know, my wife was, was, was worried about opening back up, you know, should we really do it? And I looked at her and said, listen, I don't know about you, but if you're just hiding another $50,000 somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, we can't just afford to keep shelling out 50000 every month. You know, we ultimately, we would be out of business in about three months. Right. And it just didn't make sense. There was nothing to back it, anything like that. So we decided to open up. Now, did you know of any other gyms um, or other fitness centers that had kept stayed open? Mountainside Fitness started out pretty loud saying that, hey, you know what, we're opening you know, we think that, again, there's no data to back it. You know, Tom Hatton, who owns Mountainside, was very vocal in the beginning when all this kind of kicked off. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. We we have somebody with, you know, a little bit of backing and posture in the community. And this could be really good for us, you know, gym owners that we can kind of rally behind them 
and uh, create a united front against, you know, Ducey's just, again, arbitrary closing of, you know, stuff. So, And there were other gyms across different states. I saw in New Jersey, I believe, was one of the areas. Yeah, right. So I've been in contact with Ian Smith. We We talk on a daily basis just about... And, you know, at this point where he's at with his state and his local government and everything like that is just absolutely insane. Um, They're taking it to a whole new level. You know, we keep in contact uh, on a daily basis, pretty much. And we've used some of the same constitutional experts to help us around and find some loopholes and things of that nature. So. Oh, good. So I want to get into that in a little bit. So then you decided you're going to open back up. And what happened initially? So nothing, really. We opened up. Everybody absolutely loved it. From day one of us opening back up, I was by no means trying to fly under the radar. I was very vocal about my decision to Mm -hmm. open up and stay open. And ultimately, we didn't have any issues all the way up until, uh, I want to say it was June 30th. Wow. So basically two full months. Yes. And both gyms were slammed. Keep in mind, we're not a public gym. People are out of work. And we had people, I mean, we still have people signing up for personal training. I mean, 10, 20, 30 people a day asking for a personal trainer because they're begging to get back into fitness, getting back into health and wellness and just better themselves because they're they're going nuts staying at home. You know, not only being idle and sedentary for so long, but just the mental health aspect of it as well. I have so many people every day say so you have no idea what this does for my mental health. And that's just, that's a huge part that I don't think anybody's addressing. I think you're so right. So many people that follow me don't know that I used to be a personal trainer that I mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I used to be a personal trainer for seven years. I worked in a gym and worked nearly seven days a week. Um, so it was a huge part of my life, sports medicine base, and also a nutrition. And exactly what you're saying, which is what I was going to add is that, this is not just about physical health, but especially at a time like this, being physically in a good place is crucial. Mm -hmm. And I have been very critical of our leaders, our medical expert leaders on the fact that they have done absolutely nothing to actually help people become more healthy to prevent cases, to prevent complications, and to help people not be as susceptible and to not be a target in the future for something else to come, whether it's a virus or bacteria. The idea of public health, not really being about public health is really frustrating for me. And we would see daily press briefings every single day talking about the numbers of cases, talking about the new policies. And never once are they saying, Hey guys, vitamin D deficiency is increasing your mortality by two times. Right. And they're not going in there and saying, Hey, this is what we found out about nutrition that we want to pass on to you. This is what we found out about activity. We want to, And then at that early time, you know, March, April, May, the mental health numbers were really just basically starting to roll in. And of course, we have a much better idea now of how devastating this has really been. Mm-hmm. But for many people that don't understand, like somebody with anxiety like I have, anxiety and other mood disorders that are chemical, for many people... Working out, exercising is the only way to sort of like balance those chemicals outside of taking medication, which I don't personally do. And a lot of people that want to opt out of pharmaceutical products, then you're forced to find natural ways. And that could be like part for me, meditation, exercise, 
um, being outdoors, being in the sun, all these different things that you kind of find. Well, exercise for some people, that's the only thing that can help balance the stress levels, the cortisol, the adrenals that are, you know, freaking out with everything that's going on. So this is not just about like, oh, I want to get a good body. It's a way to regulate yourself. And so we've been sitting inside for months with with stress and anxiety and fear because this whole thing is so uncertain and we have no idea what's happening. We've never been here before. So this is really uncomfortable. And so for somebody who is prone to that level of stress, you are essentially just like a ticking time bomb. Oh, 100%. And that's building in your body and it's being stored in your body different ways. And it's leading to chronic disease for people. It's leading to disease susceptibility for others. And so it's not just the exercise, even for the fat burning or the muscle building, it's the exercise for the balancing of the body at a time when we are now covered in economic stress, mental stress, physical stress, the whole deal. So I can see what you're saying as far as your clientele needing this and also to feel normal, to feel a sense of normalcy, to be doing something they did before all of this when life was easier and we weren't covered in you know, what some people call the fear porn from the media. So in many ways, this is a very necessary part of life. So it makes total sense. Your gyms are packed. Now it's June 30th. And what happens? So we get our first visit from Scottsdale Police Department. Who called them? Uh, they, they won't. I believe they were actually ordered by Governor Ducey. It was passed down from Governor Ducey to go to the big gyms in the Scottsdale City area. And put them on notice that as of July 1st, they needed to close their doors. And what was the reasoning? Because of the uh, order coming out that gyms and bars needed to close. So this was a new executive order from the governor that was about to come out. So they're warning you ahead of time you're going to be closed. Yes. Okay, so this is June 30th. And then the police comes to your facility and what what happens? And so uh, they were pretty cordial. They came in. And, you know, spoke with me and, and gave me a educational briefing on the executive order and the intent of it, which was obviously there. Hey, we're closing gyms and bars to slow the, the spread of the virus, things of that nature. And uh, if we decided to stay open, I would be cited. My response to this was, well, you might as well just get 31 citations ready because I'm not closing my doors figure we could save some government uh, time, taxpayer dollars, everything like that. And you can just hand me all 31 on July 1st and we can go about our way. And their citations would be daily citations. Is that how they day, do it? Every, every day that you're open. Yes. And what is the citation exactly? So the citation is a class one misdemeanor failure or refusal to obey a governor's order, uh, a governor's emergency order. It's a class one misdemeanor, holds a maximum uh, prison sentence of six months and a maximum fine of $2,500. Per citation? Per, per citation. Mm-hmm. So I currently have 21. Oh my goodness. So I believe it comes out to a maximum of nine and a half years in jail, something like that, and roughly 60 some odd thousand dollars in fines. To kind of look ahead briefly, when you're talking about constitutional attorneys, How does this play in with the fact that it is a state of emergency executive order that basically overrides, you know, the legislature um, as far as them voting on it? And it's not technically a law. Is there any limit to what is enforceable 
under this and is there like is there a time limit like oh after 30 because I've heard in California after 60 days it's no longer a state of emergency so even though he's continuing to do these executive orders that they don't hold weight in court did you hear anything about that so I haven't heard anything about that and I believe we're just over what we're in August so we're just over 30 some odd days we're about what 45 days in on the gyms and bars closures new executive order the only thing that I've kind of paid attention to and that we've discussed with attorneys and things of that nature um, is the supremacy clause of the Constitution, which basically states that any state order, you are always going to go by the supreme law of the land, which is obviously the Constitution. So if there is an executive order, something like that, that infringes, like this does, on my first, fifth, and 14th Amendment rights, then ultimately, if this went all the way to federal court, as per the Constitution, it should get thrown out right away. Okay, so explain what each, the first, fifth, and 14th, explain how each of those relates to you in the situation. Uh, just having the, the right to do business equal, well, what I call equal opportunity business, having the right to pick an industry of my, my choosing and thrive and basically live the American dream by being a small business owner, Um, should be equal opportunity across the board. Now, when somebody is picking, like we said earlier, arbitrarily and just closing, saying that, hey, you know what? You're not allowed to do business. I'm not going to give you a reason why, really, but you're not allowed to do business. So we're just going to go ahead and I'm going to need you to close. Also, I'm not going to give you any sort of relief, aid, funding, anything of that nature. I hope you figure it out. Right. You know, ultimately, it takes away every bit of your rights as a small business owner, or at least they are trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're, they're basically, I mean, we've seen it across the board. They're forcing small businesses to go bankrupt and go out of business. And I believe California had 130,000 small businesses shut down. I I forget over what period of time hearing from Lou Yerdell, and he made a very good point. He said, that's 130,000 people's dreams. Mm-hmm. And then not even to mention the amount of people that worked for those 130,000 small businesses. Oh, yeah. That's a domino effect of all of the thousands and thousands attached to each of these things. It's just crippling. And it, like you said, it's a domino effect. So it's not just affecting the business owner. It's affecting the guy who cleans the business, the person who mans the register, the family, Their everything kids. like that. So. Like, yeah, it just goes down the line. Absolutely. So you got your first citation on July 1st? On on July, well, I believe they, I believe it was July 3rd. They had been coming by the facility and sitting in my parking lot and just kind of watching. And then I, I was actually ready to go out of town and my, my lead trainer had hit me up and said, Hey man, the Scotts LPD came by. They said, you have three hours to close your doors or you will be cited. So I immediately turned around, headed back to the facility and we sat, I consulted at the time, a constitutional expert that I deal with who he's not an attorney, but he's just, he knows the constitution and law inside now. And I've been consulting with him. So he advised me to lock my doors, meet the cops outside past my private property area. So um, the cops came back, I met him in the parking lot and they uh, gave me both their badge numbers, full names, everything of that nature. And they told me I would be receiving a citation in the mail for July 1st and then every day that I remain open. Uh, They told me 
that they would have to come by, see that I'm open, and then go ahead and report. And then the citation would be submitted through, I think they said the district attorney's office or somebody. And so that's basically how it started. So from there, we started taking precautions on a daily basis to the cops coming up. And I started documenting on social media everything that's been going on. So you can literally see from the first day the cops come in and tell me I need to shut down all the way up until I believe yesterday uh, was my last post of what's been going on almost on a daily basis. And so let everybody know where they can see that. So you can see my my Instagram is Jeff, J-E-F-F dot Mahaffey, M-A-H-A-F-F-E-Y. So it's just at Jeff dot Mahaffey on Instagram. And you can scroll back and now keep in mind at the time, I only had about like 3,000 followers. And as soon as I started posting this and kind of talking about the the arbitrarily closing of businesses, the cops showing up and sitting in my parking lot for hours on end, these videos and these posts I'm putting up with only 3,000 followers at the time are getting 18, 20,000 views, a couple thousand shares mm-hmm. across the board. And it just started building and building and building so much kind of talk. And I mean, I'm watching, you know, the comments just roll in about, I can't believe this. This is, you know, tyrannical government. There's overreach. I mean, you name it. And it was mostly supportive. It's 99.99% supportive. In every post, there's one random, most likely troll account, Mm -hmm. um, no followers, no nothing kind of just trying to stir people up. And what were the kind of comments you were getting? You said they're tyrannical government. This should never happen. Tyrannical government, you know, uh, a lot of very negative stuff about Ducey, Mm. you know, uh, just mostly standing up. We're so happy to see somebody talking about it and standing up for our constitutional rights. Um, That is that is a, a huge portion of the comments. How can we support? Hmm. If you need anything, please reach out. Were other gym owners reaching out to you too? Yes. And a lot of them, for the most part, just were shut down. How are you staying open? And my answer to every single one of them is because I'm choosing to. Right. I'm not going to lose my gym over something that has zero scientific data, anything factual, any kind of factual data, or even accurate reporting of numbers right and you're gonna you're gonna make me lose my business i'm just not gonna do it so so when did the citations stop then you said you have 21 of them Te- yeah technically we're, we're not sure if they have stopped mm. as we just receive them in the mail so i see what we did to kind of put a, a stop to a lot of it because just to backtrack a little bit we're receiving the citations on a daily basis, at least we think. That's what we were told. But we're, we're going to be receiving them in the mail. So nobody's coming up and handing me a citation whatsoever. They're doing the, the police department. The, they can either write you a citation. The officer that is doing it can either write the citation and deliver it to you in person. Or they can do a submittal. If they do a submittal, then it goes to their you know uh, attorney or whoever and then he basically submits a citation that way. So the Scottsdale Police Department decided to do that. So they're doing submitted citations. But during this time, they're sitting in my parking lot for five to 10 times a day Jeez. for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And sometimes it's one patrol car. 
sometimes it's two or three. And you're thinking, what a race of resources, obviously, first Huge. of all. So I yeah. started posting it every time. Well, one, every time they would come, I would go ask for a badge number and a name. And then I would just speak with them. I've been very cordial. You can see a lot. I have one video where I, I get a little bit irritated with, with an officer who kind of gives me attitude and starts mocking me. Um, but I be as nice as I can, as calm as I can and respectful because I know they're, they have a job to do, but at the same time, you're choosing to infringe on my constitutional rights to do business. Right. And I understand you have a job to do, but at the same time, like you also took an oath to uphold the constitution. Exactly. And that's been the big discussion on law enforcement. And you can't even discuss that with the cop. They would get extremely mad. Um, but then I started posting on social media and I would tag Scottsdale Police Department and Governor Ducey right in the post about the just crazy, crazy, crazy amount of time that was spent sitting in my parking lot watching individuals mm -hmm. come and go out of my gym. Like all they needed to do was show up one time and say, yes, yep. you're open. And there's a citation for that day. What are they doing the rest of the time? Exactly. And they said that they were sitting there and writing a report and you, you literally just need to report that I'm open right. later down the line. Uh, I, I got into it with an officer about why he, they're sitting in my parking lot. And at one point we had an individual, a female individual leave the gym. The cop followed her in her vehicle and pulled her over because her windows were tinted is what he said. Mm. And then he proceeded to ask her, did you just come from self-made? And she said, yes. What difference does that make though? And he straight up told her, if I see you come from self-made training facility again, I'll pull you over and I will cite you for going to a business that is supposed to be closed. But that was not part of the executive order that you're not allowed to attend a business as a citizen. Exactly. Right? So was that intimidation and bullying? Like, what was that? A hundred and ten percent. And not wow. to mention, he pulled her over for tinted windows. Every Every officer that I spoke with. And the fact that he didn't even warn her or anything about the tenant windows, literally just wanted to threaten her and put, I think, just try and put fear in her about being at a, a gym during this time. That's just so silly, though, because regardless of what she does, you yeah. guys are the ones staying open, right? So exactly. that's really why and he's there in the first place. That just seems like a total overreach. It seems like a misuse of power yeah. and authority in my eyes. Yeah. So we, we had things like that happening to where we had another uh, female individual that was followed for uh, about 10 miles leaving the gym. And she just started making random turns. And the cop was following her the entire time. And I think, again, it's just an intimidation factor that they're trying to scare you to not show up to the gym again or, or something along those lines. Or that they're watching you. Just the fact yeah. they're watching. So what we did, um, once uh, we kind of really dissected, um, you know, Governor Ducey's order and the things he was trying to enforce was he came out in the 26-317 and said at the very end of it, if you are a private organization, you can choose not to take part in the state of emergency. Mm. So what my constitutional expert said was, okay, we need to file a private member association article mm. for our gym. So what we did is we went ahead, we filed uh, what they call a PMA, private member association article. Um, so you're basically changing from a corporation because when you file an LLC, a corporation, things, you know, uh, 
you know, business entities, right? You're the state is essentially taking on a, a vested interest in your business because you're purchasing a license from them essentially to do business. So it's in the very, very fine print, but they basically use that as, hey, we could tell you what to do. Mm. So with us filing a PMA, uh, we filed all that paperwork. I had to pay to to start getting that, you know, done and filed and everything along those lines. And we submitted to Governor Ducey, uh, Chief of Police, the Sheriff, Arizona Department of Health, and the Mayor for both my training facilities in Phoenix and Scottsdale and sent it to those respective people for each city. And um, then when the cops showed up, I put them all on notice that, hey, we, we have a new sign placard on our door that says we're a private member association. Uh, if you basically come on our private property at this point, it's trespassing and you will have a complaint filed against you for, for that. And uh, the, the cops at that point said, hey, listen, once we get your paperwork and we get it passed down to us, then we'll stop showing up. And pretty much from that point on, they stopped showing up, at least staying there. Right now, about every other day, a cop just rolls through the parking lot. And to be honest, I honestly don't think they're there. I think they're using it as just like a, a passing area because they don't even look. They don't even turn their head at our facility anymore, anything like that. So I am not 100% sure that we're not receiving citations. But as per Governor Ducey's 26-317, we have done the appropriate paperwork, filed it with our state, everything along those lines, to be able to willfully not partake in that emergency order. So we have passed this information to, I've put it out many times. If you're a gym owner, if you're a small business owner and you want to open your business, I can tell you how. I didn't know any of this stuff, you know, before. So anything I... That's what happens though, right? It's like you're forced into a situation where it's survival and you got to figure yeah. it out and educate yourself and become prepared and informed to move forward. And you did that. And then you're able to help other people figure that out as well. As far as those politicians, like the one that I saw, what kind of support have you seen from Arizona politicians? Uh, the only politician that's really reached out and that actually came to our facility and just wanted to see what we had going on was uh, he's a U.S. Senate candidate, Dan McCarthy. Okay. He was a, a great guy. He was super nice, to be honest. I mean, I'm not a huge political person. Even being tied up in all this, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think talking politics with a lot of people, unless you're willing to listen to what I have to say, digest it and make an educated response back. I just don't even want to talk to you. Yeah. I think so many people nowadays just listen to respond or listen to react that, you know, I just, I'm not, I, just, I won't waste my time. That makes sense. But yeah, uh, Daniel McCarthy is a super nice guy, very pro second amendment, which you know I am myself. I'm a concealed carry holder. Uh, my wife is as well. I served in the Marine Corps for 10 years. I contracted for uh, numerous years after that. So I'm very pro gun myself. A lot of this stuff he, you know, is, is pushing and trying to get across. I like, but there are some things just like anybody, you know, right. I'm very much like, uh, in the middle on a lot of things. So, but he showed up, he listened to what we had to say. He wanted to know, um, what governor Ducey was doing to our small business. And, you know, he, he agreed and emphatically that it was just ridiculous. So, um, you know, it was nice that to have somebody come out there and at least show interest 
But as far as any other politician, you know, we haven't had any any sort of city official, government official or state official, anybody show up besides him. Is your local government mostly Republican or mostly Democrat? Supposed to be. Hmm. <laughs> supposed to be Republican. Governor Ducey is supposed to be a Republican. He is. But what about local? Like in, in Phoenix, the mayor? Yeah, it's mostly Republican. I believe Scottsdale, the mayor is uh, more liberal. Mm -hmm. So, um, which, uh, even talking with these, uh, Scottsdale police officers, they were being briefed on a daily basis and they would tell you, they're telling you, listen, this is coming from governor Ducey. Right. Then it's going to the mayor, then it's going to the chief of police. And then it's going to us that we need to shut these places down. And they were being briefed on a daily basis to show up to my, they wouldn't say my gym specifically, but to my retail shopping center because it was a uh, a hot zone for crime no. so they need to go there and you know sit around basically and waste time Jeez. and I, I told that officer i said you got a better chance of hitting getting hit by an elephant in this parking lot than any crime going on because it's in a very nice area of scottsdale it's higher and i mean it's a total excuse yeah it's just ridiculous so you mentioned you were in the Marine Corps as mm -hmm. somebody who has been a part of who fights for the freedoms in this country. How does that influence the way that you're looking at what's going on right now? And what do you think about what's happening to our freedoms right now? The biggest thing I tell people is I say it's it's my turn now. Right. It's I, I swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, defend my country. And now it's my turn to have that Constitution worked for me and me to be able to express my rights, not just defend it, but for me to actually be a small business owner that can succeed and live the American dream. And I mean, you know, from being a guy who no education, you know, no background in business, uh, nothing like that. I went in the Marine Corps. I learned a lot. Uh, I matured. I had a lot of life lessons that, you know, I went through and stuff like that while I was in the Marine Corps and I got out and we've done very well for ourselves for being a couple of non-college graduates running a very successful multiple very successful businesses and i will not have that taken away from me after standing up and and you know dedicating about 15 years of my life to ensuring everybody else can have that same exact dream while i was out you know doing the actual work so you know i tell people i say it's my turn you know i think that you know, I just want that right too now at this point, you know, and I just feel like it's, it's completely, if, if I was not so stinking stubborn and if I wasn't so just pro America and patriotic, I would roll over and I would have closed my business and I would be looking for a job right now, mm -hmm. most likely, but I just won't do that. Well, cause you wanted to build something and you did and you built it and people think like, oh, you can just get it started again right after all this is over. It doesn't work like that. People don't understand Absolutely the amount not. of time and effort that goes into building a business and how much when that's destroyed, how there's just no coming back from that. You have to literally start all over again. Yep. And that's years and years before you're able to get to the same place. So I'll ask you one more thing because I appreciate uh -huh. your time. Um, yeah, no worries. Let me ask you two different pieces of advice. The first one to small business owners, what advice would you give to people who are afraid to push back on their governor's orders? Uh, the first piece of advice is go to my Instagram and DM me right away 
and I will pass you along to some people that can help you open your business and everything like that. The, the main part of advice would be, though, if we don't stand up and we just accept somebody telling us we cannot open our business, if there aren't people that are going to stand up and fight for it, then we will all lose that right to be small business owners. You know, at the end of the day, if the government came out and told all women, you have to wear a blue dress every single day of the week, you know, people would be, women would be pissed, furious, you know, they'd be fighting back, but yet the government's telling us to wear a mask and we're all following it like it's nothing. So if we do not stand up, if we don't, even if it's just a few, it only takes a few to start something great, you know, for uh, a, a non-acceptance of just, you know, overreach and and things of that nature that you have to stand up. It's not the easy road whatsoever. There are days where I'm literally so frustrated and beat down, but you know what? Tomorrow is a new day and there's going to be another thousand people in my messages telling me how much they support what we're doing and how happy they are that somebody's standing up and how we need more small business owners doing it. I promise you, you will not get that much negative you are going to get negative feedback a little bit obviously right but the the majority of your feedback is going to be 100 positive i think that's valuable advice too and then the second part of that would be what advice do you have for just citizens in this country right now seeing what's going on to me it feels like we're losing rights a little bit at a time mm -hmm. and it feels like if we don't do something it's going to be gone and people are going to wonder how it happened what advice would you give to Americans right now? To educate yourself. First and foremost, go to news outlets like yourself. Go to podcasts. If you're watching CNN and you're watching even Fox News, all those, unfortunately, they're biased if you can't tell. You need to educate yourself from many different sources and you need to think for yourself. You know, so many people are wearing a mask just because they see other people wearing a mask. Right. You know, like I said, if the government came out and told every woman she had to wear a blue dress every day of the week, women would be furious and they would be outraged. And you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do. But yet the government's telling every single person to wear a mask and they're all doing it with no exception. You know, if you stand up, if you educate yourself, you can fight back and you're going to notice that, hey, you know what? These things aren't right. You have that feeling in your gut a lot of times. And I think some people just don't pay attention to it. But we tend to know when something's, you know, a little bit out of sorts, you know, so I would tell people, trust your gut and educate yourself. And I would also add to that to know your rights. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Because I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. I'll right. admit I'm one of them. I was just, you know, the Constitution to me is something that I studied in school <laughs> yeah. and that's really the end of it. But I've never quite appreciated being American or our Constitution more than this situation because as you see freedoms being stripped away you understand the value to those freedoms and i think a lot of people are forgetting to sort of be familiar with what your rights are to know your rights and to exercise those rights exactly. even if you're getting pushback know the laws understand what you can and can't do be legal but know right. the laws and be creative figure out how you can still accomplish what you want to do by still being within those boundaries and be familiar with your rights very much so yeah yeah and i mean as kind of cliched as it sounds is really knowledge is power the more knowledge you have of your rights the more power you're going to have 
and the more you're going to be uh, apt to use that freely. You're not going to be scared because you are educated and you're well-versed in your rights. And those are the people that are standing up, you know, and they, they aren't being shy about it. Yeah, we definitely need more of those. So tell everybody where they can find you again on all your social media platforms. I know you mentioned it once, but let's say it one more time. Primarily just uh, just Instagram is kind of what I mess with. Again, it's at Jeff, J-E-F-F dot Mahaffey, M-A-H-A-F-F-E-Y. And then my two locations, we have self-made training facility PHX on Instagram, as well as S-M-T-F Scottsdale. And, uh, you know, if you have anybody out there that's in the Arizona area that is a personal trainer and or uh, a client that wants to get in a facility, whether it's for mental health, health and wellness, anything along those lines, we can we accommodate every walk of life and every fitness level. So we're all about just trying to get people in a time like this into doing something healthy even if it's something just as easy as uh, a light workout. Yeah, so definitely to anybody in the Arizona area near Phoenix and Scottsdale, go show these guys some love. Even if it's just stopping by, if you're in the area, stop by and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. Stop by and say thank you for for being a voice that's, sta- that's standing up for others because it's not really just you. It's really for everybody. That little bit of pushback helps everybody. So I appreciate that you're doing that. I'm I'm definitely okay with being one of those voices too because I feel the same way that if you know somebody's got to do it and I'm not going to sit back and just complain about it, I'm going to be a part of the solution. And I know it inspires other people to do the same thing. So Jeff, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for giving me insight into your situation. I will be following up with updates and see how things go for you in the future. And I hope that uh, you'll have some new followers as well as they follow your situation and, and supporters. And, and I appreciate what you're doing. And thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you. And I appreciate what you're doing as well. You know, the more the more we can spread the you know, what's going on, um, you know, obviously the better. So, well, that's awesome. All right. Well, take care. Good luck at the court dates and, uh, and I'll be following what goes on. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye-bye. So that was Jeff McAfee, who is in Phoenix and Scottsdale area in Arizona. He's a business owner who basically said, no, this is not okay. I'm not going to close my business. I've looked at the science. I've looked at the data. We are doing everything in alignment with health and wellness, and we have a community to serve. And his community to serve are people that need to improve their physical health, their mental health, and are trying to come to a good place with everything going on. And he is representing all the small businesses and people that were forced to close that are losing their livelihood, losing their savings, especially when there's not data to back up that that was ever necessary. And you've got these arbitrary mandates and rules and policies being thrown at us and we're just supposed to accept them. It's not okay, we have to push back. Here's an example of how you can do it. If you're a small business owner, contact him. He's got some information on how to conduct your business during this time. And I think that that was really helpful. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. And as always, more to come on What They Aren't Telling You. Thanks for listening.